everybody, to the latest edition of Infection Control Matters. Uh, with me is Martin Keenan. G'day, Martin. G'day, Brett. And our guest today is, well, Martin is part of our guest today, my guest today, but we also have uh, <laughs> Dr. Mark Garvey from the University Hospitals Birmingham, and uh, Mark's a consultant clinical scientist. Uh, so welcome, Mark. Hi. Now, today we're going to be talking about sinks, and uh, we saw, or I saw, uh, that you both had a paper just come out in the Journal of Hospital Infection called the Sink Splash Zone. And, uh, you know, sinks are ongoing problem. And I thought this is a, I really like this because it was just a practical, very simple little study. And I like those types of studies. So perhaps, um, Mark, do you want to kick off by telling us what was the, what was the reason for doing this before we get into what you actually did? So, yeah, we've um, got a long-standing history of looking at Pseudomonas aeruginosa in our um, critical care settings anyway, primarily at the Queen Elizabeth Hospital. So for those who don't know, like University Hospitals Birmingham's um, one of the largest, it might, might actually be the largest trust in the UK now, um, pretty much between 2,800, 3,000 beds for wow. various different estates across um, Birmingham. So it's you You've got a little bit, you've got a hospital called the Queen Elizabeth, what's a fairly new one um, down uh, the south of Birmingham. Then over the east side of Birmingham, we've got Heartlands and Solihull, older estates. And up in the north, we've got Good Hope. So we cover pretty much the the main demographic of, of Birmingham. So when I first joined here at UHB, the hospitals weren't merged and I, I joined at the Queen Elizabeth and it's a fairly new a new building. It's a PFI where, you know, it's one of these hospitals that have been built and we sort of, you know, rent, rent the building as such. Mm-hmm. And we had massive issues with Pseudomonas aeruginosus. That's what really sparked my interest in all, all, all of it. Um, we did a nice study a few years back, got some funding off the Department of Health to look at the role of Pseudomonas aeruginosa um, and, Where were you seeing um, it? What were we in, 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 in the, it? In patient clinical isolates, so you know we, what we yeah. what we what we saw is we saw lots of Pseudomonas aeruginosa in our patients um, on our intensive care unit, and mm-hmm. it's when all that stuff came out from you know the neonatal settings in Bristol and Belfast and the role of Pseudomonas aeruginosa in augmented care settings. So we did this study to thought to basically have a look to see if the water isolates that we found on critical care with Pseudomonas aeruginosa matched the patient ones, basically in a in a nutshell. Mm. And we found, we did like, a, it was the biggest whole genome sequencing project at the time for Pseudomonas aeruginosa. We did it down at the university with Nick Lohman, Professor Nick Lohman. And basically, we found about 60% of our water isolates matched our patient isolates. So wow. we looked at clinical and, and water ones. So that's what really sparked the interest in, in that. And then we've done a various different interventions over the years to try and reduce that down. We've looked at like holistic stuff, like how we dispose of patient wastewater, how we clean the taps. We've been we've installed new taps um, on the unit. Mm-hmm. So there's one um, we published one aptly named similar to this called Tap Out, where we remove the taps and put new taps in. Yeah. And then so it's continuously looked at like water microbiology in this augmented care setting. You know, it's easy to look at that in at the QE because it's a it's a it's um the largest co-located critical care unit in the world with over 100 beds. So you can get mm-hmm. some nice data and nice nice studies. And then um, Obviously, Martin and I are always constantly chatting um, and uh, chatting about things. And and obviously, um, we got chatting around sinks and splash zones. So, yeah, so hence we did a a, a very, like you say, very basic um, 
create, you know, I didn't say basic, sticky. I said practical. This is Although, yeah, practical. If I did yeah, say yeah, basic, yeah. That, was a mis- that was a misstep on my part. No, 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 yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah, very <laughs> it's practical. Basic, but though, yeah, isn't so it? It, it is basic. Yeah, it's just like a, sim- a simple study to actually look to see if we do get a splash zone. So, you know, Kathy Noakes has done some nice, you know, lectures and nice papers looking at like aerosols and water and water and that. So we know that you get splashes and you know, we know that we get pseudomonas in the water, so we basically crudely look to see what's in mm-hmm. what's an audit around the splash zone and see what's around two meters. Right. So we'll get to that in a sec. Just before we do, I'm interested just on the, the pseudomonas issue. So you talked about some of the stuff you did. Um, did you find anything useful in terms of, or did you try things like um, things down the drain, drainage? Um, sort of disinfectants and, and different types of traps or different types of non-splash filters, supposedly. Did you try any of those sorts of things as well? Or no, no, we've not. We, we just did very like, you know, that's – no, we haven't. It, hmm. I say no, we haven't, but we have looked down down the um, down the sink and we published on that as well. But then hmm. you find all kinds of stuff. So, we've you know, we even found CPs down there. So that's – it's just a whole raft of interventions. So – We've done mm. like one thing after another, after another, after another, really. So it's just adding yeah. it all. It's adding all, it all to all together, really. So um, I say no, but in a roundabout way, yes. And we have you do yeah. find pseudomonas down the down the drain. Well, you you'd probably expect to see that, and you'd expect mm. to see some other bugs that you find down there. So, but we've not actually gone down and um, really done anything with like paracetic acid down the drain. We've looked at different. Mm. Use, use different sinks so the shark fin ones and reduce down the splash splash zone on that so we've done a little bit of work on on that professor wilson did um a little bit down with the shark fin sinks down in them um, down in london so we've got those installed over different areas not so much the critical care but uh, other areas across across the trust what seemed to be quite you know used the data is, is pretty good on that as re- really as well and martin you always say um or you what's your comment about sinks they're like a, a- a toilet for the hands? Well, the whole point of the sink, yeah. I mean, they, and Mark said they found CPEs down the sink. I'm thinking, brilliant, because it means people will wash their hands. Um, you know, it's the whole point of the sink, isn't it? It's, it's a disposal area, and people don't think of it as that. They sort of think of it as a clean area because the water coming into it is hopefully clean. But actually, you're rinsing stuff down the sink, and all sorts of things go down the hand sink. You know, it's supposedly a hand sink. It's not. It's patients wash water, half their drinks. You know, we've, we've talked to Amy Mothers in the past about how you feed the biofilm down there. So people just don't think of this as a system that is pretty much eventually collected up to the sewage system. So what goes down can come back up again. So, uh, And I'm sort <laughs> of a fairly practical thing. So I'm thinking, well, okay, you know, trying to dis- decontaminate the sink is difficult. You know, there's some things that work better than others, but actually the risk is what gets splashed. And Mark published a paper a while ago about, you know, a sink that was close to a area where you're mixing up IV drugs. So there's a b- big mm. potential for a splash within the area. So then we were just mulling over, Mark and I, we were just like, well, okay, so what is within a couple of meters? So let's have a look at how far the splash goes. And that can be related to all sorts of things like the angle of water hits the sink or, you know, where the, the actual outlet is, the drainage outlet is, and the velocity of the water, how, you know, how much force you, the water's coming into your sink at. But mm. actually then what's within that area? And <laughs> a lot of stuff <laughs> that you wouldn't want to get splashed is within that area. I'm going to let Mark talk about that because I, di- I didn't do that bit. I just came up with I just said, you know, let's, you know, is it worth looking at this? And then, uh, 
Everybody so you did two did things. Yeah. You, you did two things by all accounts then. Looked at what's being how far things are being splashed or what's what's splashed within a couple of meters and then what what was in within that two meters. Is that that's the premise of what you were aiming to, yeah, to achieve to start with? Yeah, basically that's all, all all we did. So we originally just ran the um ran the tap, put paper towel on the on the floor as you and just, you know, see how far the splash goes. It's really interesting when you when you wash your hands as well um how much extra splashing you 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 get so there's a figure in that what shows you one where how the water travels can go up to two meters from just a, a small 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 bits of splashing and then when you wash your hands and it, you, you just completely surround that area with water it's like um and as martin says you know the velocity and they're, they're all different you know mm. i say the velocity is all different so that makes a big difference some come out quicker then you get bigger splashing and then where the angle is it's it's quite so interesting. This is, that was this is just purely a turn this hat on and then yeah purely just splash, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and just take a picture of the white paper towels of seeing where the water had gone mm. literally and you didn't, didn't need any fluoro you just could visualize that pretty no, easily. no no just yeah, yeah. Re- really easily just white paper towel and you could just see the water droplets how far they went so mm. you know and those, Do you reckon if you had your hands under there, that splash zone would increase even more? Yeah, even more. So there's a picture mm. in the paper what shows you when you wash your hands how far it spreads. Mm. You know, it's quite it's quite stark, really. And and, you know, and of course, these are only the sim- ones you can see. So there will be smaller droplets that don't spread as much that you can't yeah. see, and yeah, probably right. potentially travel even further. So this is the minimum distance that they'll have travelled, I think, and not mm. the maximum. Are you using this? Um, as a sort of teaching tool or going to use as a teaching yeah we we have we have done so um fortunately one of our um directors of nursing or deputy directors of nursing in itu actually um is an infectious disease nurse by background and got their infection control qualification so mm. um obviously and he did all his research in <laughs> pseudomonas so it's quite apt really <laughs> um yes. so he wants to trial the waterless itu so as we've got four units um, that's another 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 process that we're going to go try and replicate. Use Topman's work with a waterless ITU, so that there's that element of it. I'm quite mm. interested in like the copper silver in the water because we've got all of that at um, Heartlands and Good Hope. Um, what makes a bit of a difference? So maybe on one of the units doing doing that. So we've we've got quite a mm. nice controlled controlled series with four different units and doing different interventions on there. So yes. Mark, Mark, do you want to talk about the categories of kit that you found within each area, and and you know how you categorise those, and what they actually <laughs> were, and and you know what proportion of each category were actually within a splash zone? Because I think people will find that quite interesting if they haven't mm. actually read the paper yet. Yeah, so we we only did a snapshot of like fifteen beds per unit, so it was nowhere near the hundred beds. Not all of them are occupied as well, so we tried to. Tr- choose the occupied ones so this is just (laughs) critical care isn't it we're talking about just critical care just critical care it's not anywhere else across the trust just critical care and um we found it really difficult if i'm being honest because of the amount of equipment you just i just wouldn't have thought there was that much around well when you go and look it is but you you know the analogy of where you get a bit blind to stuff but we had Mm. to we have we had like we categorized it from A to about N or L, you know, in, in the end, there was that many different types of equipments. You know, we had invasive access equipment, such as, you know, your, your IV trays and phlebotomy equipment that was in around something like about 60% of the splash zone. Then we had like mm-hmm. um, respiratory equipment, so ventilators and oxygen masks. And that was, that was in about 20% of the splash zone. So it was, it was like vast dialysis 
and hemofiltration equipment because we've got the dialysis um, uh, water outlets right by the taps as well. Uh, Yanka suckers with respiratory equipment. You know, we found personal care items, so such as like mouth care, toiletries. That was in wow. a that was mm. that was in about seventy percent of the splash zones. Then we had nutritional um, enteral items such as enteral pumps, medication, syringes. That was in that was in around thirty percent of the of two meters. You know, your alcohol hand rub and PPE. That was in within fifty seven percent of the splash zones. <laughs> but you got your alcohol rub and you could just don't forget you got your soap and then you rub right next to it and then you you know your Danny centers and what have you mm. are, are there as well. So if you're thinking that was within within that and you could visibly see those getting splashed, you know, and wow. if you've got a tap with pseudomonas, you know, we, you know, we know that we have pseudomonas, although it's right down, we know that we can get pseudomonas in the tap. So you can see that just looking at that one mm. organism, uh, housekeeping equipment, we found, you know, mops and disposable cloths. That was not so much, but you know, when that, that was within about 5% of the splash zones, you know, we Did had, you actually um, find a sink without anything significant beside it. No, that's probably wow. the converse. Yeah, yeah. Nothing. You know, they all had something within these categories in 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 there, and they and they would do. But you know, he, you know, even the patient's fairly close to the sink if you think mm-hmm. about it. Even 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 the patient in the patient bed bed space. You know, if there's a patient in there, you know, you have got medis- medicines we found, um, such as like you know infusion infusion pumps, medicine administrative equipment. We had um, you know um, things that come into contact with your skin, such as you know, temperature regulation equipment that was in about 40% of the stuff. Um, you know, it was interesting, you know, with wound ther- negative pressure, wound therapy equipment, we found that only in like one of the bed spaces, um, invasive divide lines that are in situ that was in around 12%. There's, so you can, you can get the catheters, yeah. you know, it's you there's plenty the of opportunity for transmission, isn't there? Through these yeah, basically every, every patient's sitting by a fountain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we we know we know from like we did a piece of work with again Nick and Nick Loman where we did a whole genome sequencing project of pseudomonas in the burns unit and we know because we did environmental swabs there we didn't do anything environmental here um really to see what bugs we had within the water but you know um when we did it in the burns unit we found pseudomonas in the environment and you can see why you know and burns you do shower therapy don't you when you um you know do the wound care so you can see how much spreading you would get yeah so it's quite stark. Yeah. So what what's changed? What what what's this spurred on? You mentioned potentially moving to a waterless um, approach. Is that is that being part of the genesis? A couple with all the other things you mentioned about history of pseudomonas. Yeah, well, we've, we, 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 we've done a lot in as much as like our pseudomonas infection rates in our augmented care unit you know, have been the lowest they've ever 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 been really. So, um, but that's mainly around you know the changing of the taps. Um, the holistic interventions and this just goes on so there's undoubtedly mm. more that you can you you can do really um mm. so this will be the next wave of interventions that we'll put into in, in into yeah. place really so you know we've got yeah. point of use filters on certain certain of the, the areas but you know um it doesn't stop things splashing out of the drain though does it mark that's the thing no it doesn't at all so, yeah, are, are fine if you've got a problem with pseudomonas coming through your system but as you said, you've got CPE down the drain, and that's what's likely to splash up. So, I mean, is there is there any awareness raising going on with staff or some sort of education as to actually these things are quite significant? Because the problem is we store stuff where we can. So, actually, if you were to try and take out all of those things, like your ANTT yeah. trays and prep area, where are you going to put them? 
And that's the difficulty, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, you know, luckily, like I said, you know, one of our directors of nursing is really engaged. So then, you know, we are doing the education around on this back of this work. We haven't gone around and done another audit of it, but I don't undoubtedly imagine that it's all you won't find so much within that um, in those areas, but we've not done that. But yes, it's actively, you know, part of their mandatory training in the unit, really. So they're so engaged because all of the stuff they've done before from the holistic, you know, the holistic point, like chucking the wastewater, you know, chucking, pouring the wastewater down the sinks. We don't do that now, you know, from the cleaning and then around the splash zone that will improve significantly. And then the other piece of work that we're really keen on is the waterless ITU because, you know, we've got 231 outlets in our, um, ITU what's quite it's quite stark when you look at it isn't it you know mm-hmm. and 100 of those at least 130 of those are like hand wash ones so you know you've still got an element of flushing and things like that so um so yeah so it's just another another part in the wave of interventions that we're going to be doing out of the puzzle yeah part of the puzzle yeah yeah there's much more to be explored clearly in this space and and sinks more generally uh, so look, thanks mark and martin for for this very practical piece of work. <laughs> and, and look at the, yeah. <laughs> it just shows, you know, that these things are really, they, you know, they can be done. And they and just simple stuff that really creates an important message for education and also for perhaps changing things in, in an organisation. So uh, It's, it's what here. Mark said, though. You just, you're so familiar with the setting, you don't see what's yeah. within that setting. And then when you do start to look, you go, uh-huh, okay. I'm peeling an on- onion. Yeah. <laughs> Only in Mark's case, mm. 232 onions. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's yeah. just, you know, it's way, it's raising the awareness because everyone talks about it and you see all these lovely, you know, there's loads of lovely, you know, um, presentations that we go to conferences and what have you. But actually just to show it, to make people aware of it, you know, the amount of interest I've got just from, the, from this one paper, mm. everybody's mm. like, oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. But it's something, you know, say basic, very, very crude, mm. crude and people are just, you know, you just wouldn't think really, would you, about about it? So as long as it wait, raises awareness, it's certainly raised awareness for our for us, and then hopefully it will do for everybody else. Yeah, It'd be interesting well, to re audit. Yes, <laughs> yes, we might, we might have to get part. you back on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> track. Look, thanks so much, Mark, and thanks, Martin, for this piece of work and joining us on Infection Control Matters. Thanks very much, Brett. Thank you, Brett. And that's all for for this episode. Uh, until next time, it's bye from us. <laughs> <laughs>